morning, everybody. Welcome on this beautiful Sunday morning to our time together here on the Digital Cathedral. I trust that uh, wherever you're watching from around the United States or around the world, actually, that you're going to find what we do today to be enriching, be strengthening uh, your spirit, man, and help you in the journey that you're right now walking in with hundreds of other people, thousands of other people from all over the world. I fully realize that over the next few months that we're going to be getting into some areas that you're not going to be hearing many places, at, at least at this point. I think you're going to be hearing more and more about it as time goes along. So I want you to remember, we're, we're making a shift. Right now we started a shift last Sunday morning. We're making a shift and I'm going to make a deeper shift in July. So as we start to move into some areas that are really um I think are imperative for our development. I want you to remember one thing as I teach, all right? Especially right now and in July. I want you to remember one thing. Everything that I teach comes out of the union that we have with the Father. It comes out of the union we have with the Son and it comes through illumination by the Spirit of Truth. I, I just really want to drive something home right here because I know that as I get into these things that are gonna emphasize a lot of what we should be manifesting now in this point in our journey, that it could be well interpreted to say that I'm saying things I'm not saying. So I wanna really hone this down right now and I wanna etch it in your memory. Um, Psalm 103 says this, Psalm, I'm sorry, Psalm 100 verse three says, know that the Lord, he is God, all right? The Lord is God, There's, there, he is God, he's the source. He is, he is the I am of all I am's. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now, why, why, why am I saying that? Because I wanna make it real clear, it's not us that made us. It's not us that can do anything. He has, he has created us to be his people. He has created us as a, as a um, creation like no other that we should begin to see what it really means to be unlimited and to walk in the fullness of I am. So to be clear, let me be really clear about this. Without him, we can do nothing, okay? Without him, we can do nothing. Everything revolves around out of that union that we have with him. We are not source, he is source. He alone is source. And at some point, this is what we're getting into, at some point, source is gonna release sons. He's releasing daughters into the fullness of the inheritance that they're to live in. That was the way the pattern son lived. That's his, that, that is exactly how Jesus, uh, the firstborn among many brethren, evolved. And it says this in Galatians chapter four. I'm gonna get as far as I can with this this morning when I think I've hit a good stopping point. When I've gotten enough out that I, I think I should get on, I'm just gonna stop, okay? So stick with me this morning right to the end and just remember what I said. He's source, we're not source, he's God, we're not capital G. Uh, he made us, he's the one in charge, he is God. But there comes a time when we are released into our full inheritance. And as we come into that inheritance and you begin to live it out, it's going to look like Jesus looked, that it was Jesus doing something. It was Jesus doing a work, but Jesus was very explicit. He said, it's not, not me that's doing the work. It's the Father that's in me. He does the work. So comes a time of release. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 says this. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. 
So when the fullness of the time came, God released the son. Now he puts you in the mix in, in verses one to three and verse six and seven. So in verse four, it's kind of the kind of the revolving point that when the fullness of the time came, God released his son. Now it says in verse three that the heir as long as he's a child does not differ, differ anything from a slave, though he is master of all. That little baby in a crib can can one day inherit the entirety of the family business. But at that point, when that baby's in the crib, it doesn't have authority, it doesn't have a vote, it doesn't have a say-so. But he says in verse two, it's under governors and tutors. It's being instructed, it's being raised. And that's kind of where we've been over the last years. We have been being raised to where we are today. And if you're new to Digital Cathedral, I'd encourage you to go back, look at some of the uh, previous teachings on uh, identity as divinity, <clears throat> the Christ is us life, all the things that we've been teaching over the years are to bring us to a place where we are today. We were under governors and, and, and tutors, teachers. We we're under instructors. However, now verse 6 says this, Because your sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Therefore, therefore, or the conclusion of the matter is this, No longer are we a slave. No longer are we an infant. No longer are we a baby. But we're a son. And if we're a son then we're an heir of God. Now, when that heir begins to function, when the heir begins to function, <clears throat> it looks like the heir is doing something. But in actuality, it's the father that is in us that's doing the work. So I'm gonna be hitting some things that I think that have, I'll tell you for sure, they've been unfolding to me. And I've said, Father, are you sure you want me to share this stuff? If all you've shown it to me for is for it to be in my life and my family, I'm fine with that. But I, <clears throat> I think he has told me, look, it's time to release the sons. It's time that we hit this point in our journey as manifested sons who are beginning to see truth, who are beginning to see the plan that the kingdom has always encompassed, which is for people to live in this unlimited life that I spent 16 weeks talking about. So now I'm taking that unlimited life and we're moving it forward just a notch and we're going to begin to discover the truth of I am, the truth of I am. Now, last Sunday morning, if you were with me, again, if you weren't, if you didn't see last Sunday morning, go back and review it. <clears throat> we pointed out seven I am's of God. When Moses uh, was sent back to the children of Israel, Moses says, who's gonna send me? Mo and God said, Moses, you tell them that I am, that I am sent me. And so through the old covenant, we watched man unveil the I am that I am, which means that whatever is needed, that's what he is. And so we saw seven I am's of the Father. He is, they discovered him to be the I am of Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Jireh. I mean, there were seven. Then we looked at seven uh, declarations that Jesus made. He said, I am, I am the bread of life. I am the door, I am the resurrection and the life. We went through seven of those. And then we attached seven I am's that you and I can readily see that should function in our life. I am more than a conqueror. I am manifesting as a son. I am able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, all these I am's tie back to the I am that I am. If I had time, I could take the seven of Jesus and bring them right back to the seven of the Father. I could take the seven that I declared that you are able to say, and that's just the beginning, we're just scratching the surface, and tie those back to the original son tied into the Father. All right, so here's... Here's what I'm getting at right now. Everything that I am is because of the greater I am. But whatever the greater I am is, 
He has, in, he has given me an inheritance to begin to proclaim I am and to function in it and to manifest it. There's a lot of power in the I am. <clears throat> there's not much teaching on it. There's, there's some out there, but not much. There's virtually no revelation on, on the multifacets of just those two words, I am. And we're gonna, we're gonna uncover some things. This is, a, this is a component, an important component of that Galatians chapter four, verse seven. Therefore, God has sent us no longer as a, as a servant, as a slave, as an infant, as one who doesn't, hasn't been uh, endued with power and authority. He's sending us now forward as a son. So here's what's gonna happen. The more that we're able to grasp the I am's, because that's a creative force in your life. Whatever you declare I am, that's what you'll create. Grasping who I am is going to eliminate all of the I am nots. I am nots. Every time God went to a man, he went to Moses. Moses said, here's what I want you to do. <clears throat> Moses said, I am not able. He went to Jeremiah and said, Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in the mother's womb. He said, I ordained you to be a prophet. I want you to go into the nations. And what did Jeremiah say? He said, I am just a youth. I am not able. I, I am uh, not ready. <clears throat> he comes to Abraham. I mean, whoever he comes to throughout history and begins to give them a charge, begins to give them a vision, the immediate reaction is, I am not. I am not. So being aware of who we are and what I am is creating in my is, is being created by my consciousness and my thoughts. Let me say that again, because I, kind of, I kind of stumbled through it. Your consciousness and the thoughts that you think are creating the I am that you declare. Now, th so that's gonna open up some things to us right there. When I know who I am, see, we've heard a lot of teaching about who I am in Christ, but we have not made <clears throat> this declaration that really is our character. It really is who we have created. Our consciousness, our thoughts have created who I say that I am. And you'll never be more than you declare you am. <laughs> Whatever you declare you am, that's what you're gonna be. That's the, just the truth. So we're gonna uncover a treasure in this field right here that maybe we didn't know existed. And you may well find that we, we stumble onto by revelation that we stumble onto the link that has been preventing you from discovering a bigger, brighter, more dynamic kingdom that is well beyond your word of faith days. That's well beyond the impart gifts. Thank God for the gifts. But Paul said, if I prophesy, it's, all these things are impart. But when that which is perfect has come, that which is impart will be done away. Now, it doesn't mean we don't function there, those things, but they're empowered by a greater force. Hebrews says at some point, look, it's, he, at some point, Hebrews chapter six says, you need to move beyond the elemental things. You need to begin to move into maturity. And that's what we do at the Digital Cathedral. I'm not, I'm not about um, just feeding you milk and pablum, right? I, that's why I, you never hear me do a teaching very rarely about opening your eyes to salvation, you know, get born again. Say, you've heard 6,000 messages on that your entire life. So Hebrews says at some point we need to move beyond the six. Now everybody wants to get mature, but most of us could not even name the six fundamental doctrines. Now let me just see if I can, I can name them for you. <clears throat> I memorized them after I was at a meeting one time, and it's been, gosh, 20 years ago. 
And the teacher was teaching, he said, all you wanna move into maturity, but you can't even tell me what the six basic doctrines are from Hebrews chapter six. He said, if anybody can name all six, stand up. There were several hundred people in the congregation that night, nobody could stand up. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get those. Now, I haven't done this in a long time, but the six basic doctrines that are fundamentals that we need to mature and move beyond are repentance uh, from dead works, faith toward God, doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Aren't you glad for eternal judgment? That, they used to scare the heck out of me. Eternal judgment means you're going to be eternally judged righteous because that's how you've been judged at the cross. Now, I could go through all six of those, but Hebrews, the point is this. At some point, you and I have got to move beyond the elemental things. So I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you. Everything that we've learned up to this point, ever since your eyes were awakened, ever since that you have moved into this new dimension of living, everything that you have learned, I hope you're ready. I hope you've paid attention. I hope you've taken the lessons that we've taught at the Digital Cathedral now over the last uh, three, four years since I've been concentrating solely on this online ministry. I've, I've left the building. I've put everything I have into this online ministry. And thank you for those of you that are helping to support me in that transition means a lot. I hope you've listened and learned everything as we have come through all of the different series, all of the different teachings. I hope that you understand that your flesh is becoming the word daily. Jesus was the word originally that became flesh. You and I came to this planet as a spirit encompassed with flesh or clothed in flesh, and now that flesh is becoming the word. So it's it's by revelation, it's by impartation. It's not more teaching. It's really not more teaching we need. Teaching does not necessarily illuminate or enlighten us. I, I, I heard hundreds and thousands of teachings and I've taught an awful lot of message for decades as a pastor. And I've learned one thing, teaching doesn't necessarily change people. I had people in church that I had pastored for 20, 25, 30 years that never changed. They sit there every week and heard the teaching. Teaching, but they could tell you, they could tell you, they could quote scripture. See, teaching gives knowledge, but it's the application of that teaching. It's, it's being able to walk that teaching out in daily life. That's the thing that really transforms us. So here's the thing. I can bring the revelation, but you have got to supply the illumination as the spirit enlightens you. I, I can bring you the revelation. I can't bring you the illumination. That's between you and the spirit of truth. But I hope you've paid attention over the last several years as the revelation has grown deeper, it's grown stronger, and it should be more entrenched in our life. Now, knowledge is interesting, I'll grant you that. I, I, I enjoy knowledge, I enjoy reading, I enjoy studying to get the knowledge. It can be a little entertaining sometimes. You pick up on stuff from people and you scratch your head, where in the world did they get that? But you know what, sometimes it can be addictive and we can become addicted to just wanting to learn more, thinking that in learning more, it will fit like where Jesus said, you're ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. The knowledge of the truth is that illumination. It's when the Holy Spirit turns the light bulb on. I bring a revelation, or you, you, you watch a, a YouTube or another teaching, that, and they bring a revelation, <clears throat> and all of a sudden one day you're contemplating that revelation and the light comes out and you see it in a way that you never saw it before. Knowledge doesn't do that. Knowledge essentially does not give the power to change your life. The power to change your life comes by revelation from the spirit of truth to your spirit. It has less to do, changing in life has less to do with the teaching 
that it has to do with the heart or the ground that that seed or that word falls on. You know what I've discovered? This is amazing. I have discovered I can listen to a teaching and all of a sudden I get a revelation that had nothing to do with the teaching. The teaching is over here and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit illuminates something over here. I don't know how that spirit connection takes place, but I bet you've experienced the same thing. You're hearing a teaching, all of a sudden truth comes to you from an entirely different perspective. So it has less to do with the teaching than it does <clears throat> with the ground of the heart that the word, the seed falls on. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1, Paul said this. He said, knowledge puffs up. He said, but it's love that edifies. So if we really want to receive edification, then the, then the love that we have within us has got to continue to expand. And I am will do that. I am is who you really are. I am is created by my consciousness, my thoughts. <clears throat> it's a, your thoughts and your consciousness are a creative force. And what they're going to create, we're going to find, and we're not going to really get into this till July, but God made you to be a creator. And you're creating, I'll just tell you this, you're creating the life that you live by how you declare, I am. Now, don't, that's just a seed, okay? I, I probably got 68 questions gonna be Monday morning in my, in my messenger about that. For example, if we say, I am is love, I am is a gift to mankind, then that's the power that pre we present, possess to become that I am. If we understand that, if you can apply, I am love, I am love. I want to say more, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to say more about that in just a minute. A couple of minutes, maybe 10 minutes. I am love. If that becomes your declaration, if we understand that and apply it and demonstrate it, it opens up a whole new world for us. Just the declaration, I am love. You're going to start to see people different, see the Father different, see yourself differently. You begin to love yourself. So the next few weeks, we're going to become very, very aware of what you add to your I am. And I'm not talking about positive confession. I got no problem, you wanna make all kind of positive confessions, fine. I'm talking about a declaration that comes from what your consciousness and what your thoughts have actually created within you that you know, that you know, that you know, that you can declare I am. Because whatever you add to your I am, you know, I am blank. Whatever you put it, fill that blank in with, you're going to begin to manifest and it's going to become apparent not only to your life, but it's going to become apparent to the world that is around you, your declaration of I am. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to have to go to everybody and say I am, but they're going to see the fruit begin to grow in your life of who you know that you know that you know has been created within you by your consciousness and your thoughts that you declare I am. So let me ask you this morning, what do you want I am to be? What do you want I am to look like in your life? It's your call, totally your call. We are the ones that individually set the bar on the I am in our life. And that bar can go just as high as you can consciously ascend in your I am. Now the question always comes, how in the world do I ascend consciously? Let me, let me explain to you just a minute how you ascend consciously. You ascend consciously to create the I am when you take your uh, attention and your focus off your present limitations. Those limitations that you have in your life are an illusion. 
You're the one that has set the limitations in your life. If I am is able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me, then I am does not have a limitation except what we created by our thoughts, what we created with our consciousness. You take your focus off of those limitations and you place your focused attention upon what you desire to be. You've set your attention on what he has says, what the Father has says, the I am that I am has said that you am. And whatever he has says you am, you can declare I am. In Mark chapter 11, verse 23, come over there with me. Let, let, let's just look at this for, for an example. Can we do that? Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Those are very familiar verses, especially to all you Haganites out there that used to listen to a ton of Kenneth Hagan. I, I sure did for a long time. Learned a lot from that man. Thankful for him. It says in Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Assuredly, I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. All right, so if I really believe that, I can say I am a mountain mover. The mountain isn't talking about a hill of dirt. It's talking about difficulties and problems. I am a mountain mover. I am able to look at that, that, that dilemma that most people say there's no solution to, and I am able to speak to that mountain, and that mountain has got to come into subjection under my I am. Now notice what he says, and does not doubt in his heart. So I can declare I am not a heart doubter. I, I am not a, a one who doubts in my heart. I am, right? And believes that those things which he says will be done, all right? I am a believer in what I say, will be done. I am a believer in that. He will have whatever he says. Now that's, that just tells you right there that until you can declare, I am a mountain mover, I am one who believes that what I say will come to pass, that you're just, you're just treading water because your, your, your I am is still limitation. I, I can't move mountains. I, I, I'm not sure that what I say is gonna come to pass. See, you can't, you can't proclaim I am until you know you am. And then he goes on to verse 24, it says, therefore I say to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. So I can declare that I am a receiver of everything I pray for. I am a receiver of those things. I am. See, you, you begin to declare your I am. Pray, here's what prayer is. Prayer is just uh, aligning or coming into agreement of what I am has already made you am. That's what prayer is. Prayer is bringing your consciousness, bringing your thoughts into alignment with what I am that I am has declared you am. And he has declared I am a mountain mover. I am a proclaimer that what I say will come to pass. I am one who uh, receives all that I pray for. See, it's a, it's a conscious laying a hold of the thing that you desire. It's your, it's your focused attention. I am. There's no, nothing about sacrifice in those verses. Nothing about uh, you got to fast until you're skinny. There's nothing in those verses about jumping through spiritual hoops. There's nothing about sweating it, laying in bed all night, tossing and turning, wondering if it'll happen. All the Father asks, all he asks, those that he has placed all things into the hands of, that's you. Didn't we read where Jesus said, Father's given me everything, everything I give you? All he asks is that you who have all things placed into your hands, you who have received all the promises of being yes and amen, 
You that have received everything that pertains to life and godliness. All he says is, I want you to say, I am, and accept your I am desire as being the I am desire of the Father. Do you understand that? That's all he wants you to do. That's all those verses 23, 24 are about, is bringing your I am-ness into alignment with what he said you are. He said, if, if. So there's a, obviously a choice that you can say, I am or I am not. <clears throat> and most of us have lived most of our life thinking I am not. We have been so drilled in I am not that when we come and we begin to learn I am, it seems foreign to us. It seems awkward. It seems like maybe it's not right. But you have to understand, I am and I am that I am have the same desire. In fact, in Psalm, what is it, uh, 37.4, he said, delight yourself in the Lord, become one in, in understanding with him, delight yourself in him, adjust yourself, make a shift, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Why will he give you the desires of his heart? Because the desires of your heart and the desires of his heart are the same. I am that I am has placed the desire into your heart that you can say I am. So the thing that you desire as you delight yourself in the Lord, bring yourself into focus with him, you understand there's only one desire. There's not two desires going on here. There's one desire. He puts the desire in you. The desire to, to be on the digital cathedral, the desire to come out of the building and do everything online and reach people around the world. He put that desire in me. Otherwise, I would have just stayed in the building for the rest, you know, rest of my life probably. But that's not what the desire was in my heart. And when I made that shift, it was not an easy shift. I mean, when you do one thing for 50 years, it's hard to make that shift. That's where you have to trust him. Trust that he knows what's going to happen and he's going to put the people around you that need to be around you. There's only one desire. I've taught you there's no duality. There's only, there's one mind. There's one spirit. There's one desire. There's one heart. There's one life. There's one power, right? There's one tree that you and I are concerned with. It's the tree of the knowledge. Of good, it's the tree of life. We don't fuss with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I am cannot be two. You cannot say I am love and I am filled with fear. Those two can't exist together because perfect love casts out fear. So if you say I am love and you develop in that and you grow in that and that becomes your, your consciousness, that becomes the thoughts that you carry, that's what you begin to manifest. But you can only manifest it to the place that you understand that the I am who is love has made it possible for you to be also I am love. Now, the problem is most of us still stuck in dualism on, on some level. And when you're stuck in dualism, you get hung up. You can't move forward. Paul said a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You can't say I am love and I am filled with fear. It, it doesn't work. Here's what happens. I told you that you take your, the way you ascend in consciousness is elevate yourself off of the limitations. So if you begin to say, I am love, your consciousness begins to elevate. But then when you come in and say, I am fearful, there's a pull downward. So you got to pull up and a pull down. And the result of that is nothing takes place. Understand? That's why dualism is so caustic. That's why dualism is so, is so um, negatively affects us in every walk of our life. We've got to become single eye. We got to begin to see with one eye. We see that tree of life. We see what the great I am that I am is, knowing that what he is, he has declared you to be as well. There's only one I am. 
So the, the concept that you carry of yourself, such as I am strong, I am secure, I am loved, that determines the world you live in. You'll never find somebody that says, I'm angry, I am hostile, I am, I am mean-spirited, I am going to get even. You'll never find that person living in peace that can say, I am peace. I am filled with peace. You'll never find it. Why? Because that's not the world they've created for themselves. The world that you live in, you created because you knew I am strength, I am love, I am secure, right? Your I am is, in, is, is entangled with the I am that I am. And you create what you say I am. He's empowered you to do that. He has empowered you to create your I am, knowing that you're one with the I am that I am. I hope this is coming across to you. For example, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, all right, we're, we're entangled. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, there's not two I am's there. There's one I am, right? God, Christ isn't over here saying, I am strength, and you're over here saying, I am another strength. There's only one strength. I am able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So it's his strength. That's why I took time at the beginning of the teaching this morning to make sure that you understand as I teach, I'm not teaching that, that you're source. I'm not, I'm not off into la-la land. I'm saying there's one strength. I am strengthened with his strength, which enables me to say, I am able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's an entanglement. There's always an entanglement with the, with the I am that I am, with what you declare, I am. So God's not over here saying one thing, you're over here saying another thing. You gotta get this. It, it is, we are, we are in union, there is a oneness, there is a unity of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and they now brought you into that circle of I amness. That's part of what your inheritance is. Your inheritance, Galatians 4, 7, when he says, okay, no longer are you this, this little toddler under governors and tutors and teachers. I'm releasing you now into being a son. And Jesus declared, I am. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door. See, Jesus could say with confidence and boldness out of his spirit because he knew, he knew what his I am was. Now, we've, we've made some positive confessions, but we didn't really believe it. So we didn't create it. We didn't create that within us through the strength and the, through the illumination of the Father. We were trying to make something happen with positive confessions. And positive confession is not the way you make things happen. The way you make things happen is to begin to create out of your thoughts and your consciousness, and you begin to build your I amness. Are you tracking with me? Now, you understand, we're tied with him. In fact, let me read this. I probably need, this is a good time to put this one in here. Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter one. Uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, <clears throat> and... Colossians. Let me get over it. Colossians chapter one, verse seventeen. I want you to, to see the, the tie together of the one of. <clears throat> it says in verse seventeen, Colossians one, and he is before all things. Now watch. He is before all things. So he he's the source. He's the starting point. That's the Father, and in him all things consist. Everything that is consists in him. So every declaration that we make of I am comes out of our residing fully within him. <clears throat> now, can you imagine the creative force of the universe? 
Can you imagine the eternal Christ, the word of God that became flesh? Can you imagine the father saying, I am poor? Can you imagine him saying, I'm weak, I'm miserable, I'm jealous, I am envious, I am filled with unforgiveness, I am going to get even? See, or any other limited expression of I amness. And we know that's crazy. That's, that's impossible. It's ridiculous. That's because there's only one I am. And if there's only one I am, and all things consist in him, then we are equally tied to his I amness. Because you're in him, your I am can be no less than his I am. Now you're not source. You're not off doing your thing. Let me just say it again. Because you're in him, all things consist in him. We just said it. He's the source. He's the center of it all. Because there's only one I am, it is unequally true of ourselves to accurately say, I am weak. I am poor. I am unforgiving. I am angry. I am filled with jealousy. I am bitter. I am miserable. If God cannot say, I am that, then rightfully, whenever you say that, you have just descended in your consciousness and in your thoughts, and you're creating that world for yourself to live in. Because you're in him, then your I am, boy, I hope this is ringing a bell. I am can be no less than I am that I am, the same. It, it comes out of him. It comes out of source. So as long as you buy into a father that is separate from you, as long as you still got the mentality that God's out there somewhere and I'm here and I'm trying to get him to come where I am and I'm trying to find my way to him. See, the difference in the life you're living now and the life you used to live in church, religion, was in religion we were trying to get to him. We were trying to get to a place of victory. What he's awakened us to is the idea that we're living from a place of victory. We're living from a oneness in him. We're living from the I am that I am, so I can declare I am. We're living from that place. We're not trying to get there. No longer trying to get there. Religion had to keep you trying to get there so that you'd come back every week to find out how more, what more steps you could take to get there. Pray a little more, read your Bible a little more, come a little more, give a little more, whatever. We're going to get you to that place of victory. It's always out yonder somewhere, just down the road. We flipped the script on that. Paul flipped the script. He, he says, you're, look, you're living from that place. So what you have to do is, is wash out everything in your mind and renew, renew your mind, renew the spirit of your mind to now make that shift to where you're living from that place. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm shifting. I'm shifting. I'm hitting it from another angle of getting you to live from the I am that I am by letting you know that what he is, he is, you is, you is. Are, are, but as long as you got him apart from you, if you still got that old religious mindset, you're trying to get to him, you're going to continue to transfer the power of a false I am into your world, and you're going to create the world that you're asking for, but not the world that you necessarily desire. Why does the scripture say, let the weak say, I am strong? Why does the scripture say, let the poor say, I am rich? It's because when the weak begin to make their world, I am strong, circumstances, decisions, leadings, perceptions, lead you to that place of strength. When the sick say, I am well, 
then the sick begin to create a, a world of wellness. Now, the time to do this is not when you get sick. Man, it's hard to make up that kind of ground. When the doctor comes in and says, you got cancer, it's hard then to kick into this. The time that you need to say, I am strong, I am whole, I am healthy, I am rich, is the time when you have it, when you have health, when you have strength. When you have insight, it's like this morning. This morning when we're done, you just need to look in the mirror and say something about I am. And you say, man, I don't know if I, I am a mountain mover. I don't know that I'm more than a conqueror. Then you need to, to get your thoughts centered on that. You need to get focused attention on it. And you need to get your thoughts and your consciousness off your weakness, off your sickness, off your problems, off your dilemmas, and stop saying, that's what I am. Set your I am. Set your I am on what the I am that I am desires for you and wants you to be. The scripture says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. See, your heart is the garden. It produces. It, it doesn't have, your heart doesn't have a mind of its own. <clears throat> it receives what your thoughts and your consciousness plant into it. So when you plant in there, I am, I am weak. When you plant in there, I'm poor. He's going to give you a harvest of that. The heart says, okay, we'll produce that. But when you change it, when you start putting different seed in there, see, then all of a sudden that seed, your heart, as a man thinks in his heart, it begins to grow an entirely different harvest. See, you're a co-creator. I've just got to say it. You're a co-creator with him. In, in 1 Corinthians, you're probably going to hear that a lot over the next months because it's time we began to do the creating. The world has created a mess for far too long. They have See, the world we live in is a product of our creation. It's a, it's, a, it's a product of collective consciousness. There's not a shortage of anything in the world. There's not a shortage of water, a shortage of money, a shortage of food. It's that we have not proclaimed I am as a collective consciousness. And so when we, what, we've, what we've declared is I am fearful. So whenever you're fearful, that creates shortage. I mean, just look at a few months ago when this crazy uh, pandemic started and uh, everybody rushed to buy, of all things, toilet paper, toilet paper. And so fear made a shortage. It wasn't there was a shortage. Everybody, everybody's going to use as much as they always did and the shelves were always full. But see, fear created the shortage. <clears throat> we blame the manufacturers. Kick out more. Kick out more. Look, well, however much they made was going to be gone because fear was running rampant. Fear created that environment, the collective consciousness of man. I'm telling you today that the collective consciousness of man has got to come back to I am what the I am that I am says, and he's just going to wait. It's, he didn't create this mess. We created this mess, and he's sitting on the throne waiting for us to create something different. And we have the power and the ability to do it. Now, it might start just with your life. I'm creating things. I've created, when you become conscious that you are that you are, you start to recognize everything that you have put in place. Where was I? Oh, we are creators. Look at this. First Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians chapter 3. This stuff's just on my heart, so I got to get it out. Verse 9. It says, we are fellow workers. You are God's field, you're God's building. We're fellow workers. We're the place where it comes about. We're the field, we're the building. We're co-labors with him. We're co-workers with him. So he says, look, you're the field, you're the building. I, I, I have empowered your I am. Now what are you going to do with it? 
So here's, here's where the starting point is. We can't change all the world till we change us. Align the conception that you have of yourself, that you can say, I am, align that with the Father's conception of himself. What did the Father say, I am? He said, I am Jehovah Jireh. I am Jehovah Sidkenu. I am the victory. I am the banner of, of victory. I am the healer. I am the provider. See, you, you begin to make those declarations over your life that are in agreement with his I amness. And when you come to the place where you are declaring what he also is, then you can say, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Everything that Jesus did, the Father did the work. But Jesus did the manifesting. Why? Because Jesus said, I am. I am the bread of life. I am the light. I am the light of the world. I am the, the way, the truth. All right? He said all those I am's, and they correlated exactly with the I am's that the Father declared about himself throughout the Old Testament. We were created to be creators, and Jesus recognized that. In John chapter 14, verses 12, 13, and 14, Jesus said, guys, um, I'm going away, but it's better for you that I go away. Because he said this in John 14, 12, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the, he who believes in me. See, the way you believe in him is to say, I am what he am. Didn't Jesus say you're the light of the world? Then why are, why are, we, why are we living in darkness? Why is our world in darkness? It's because we have not been, I am the light of the world. He said we're the light of the world. That we're a city set on a hill. I don't know anybody declaring, I am a city set on a hill. I have not, I've watched a lot of teachings. I've not heard anybody declare, I am the light of the world. I am. But see, when, when our I am is starting here at the digital cathedral, we start to declare that's who we are. Jesus said, look, in verse 12, whoever believes in me, he said, the works that I do, will he do also. I'm not hearing anybody declare, I am a worker of the works of Jesus. But Jesus had more, tr more trust and more confidence in our I amness than what we do because he went on to say, the works that I do will you do and greater works will you do because I'm going to the Father. So when, we, when he gets to the Father, our, our consciousness of I amness should be increasing. Everything produces after its own kind. Everything. When God produced us, when I am that I am produced us, what do you think he produced? When he created, when he blew the breath of divinity into our lungs at the very start, and it never, there's no place else you're gonna get breath, my brother, but from him, and it's divine breath. When he blew breath into man, he blew into man everything that he was. Now again, we're not source. Bear in mind everything I said at the start of the teaching, but whatever he is, we is. He has blown it into our lungs. Whatever God has, has put in us, it's incorruptible seed. It's hybrid seed to the hybrid times infinity. It always is going to produce everything that has been placed in us to produce. It has to. You know, if you're a farmer, you get hybrid corn. It's good because it's going to get more bushels to the acre. So this incorruptible seed is going to produce after the kind that planted it within us. It is incorruptible. It cannot be corrupt. It cannot, it cannot not produce. It cannot be. But see, what, what's happened is, what's happened is we, we've bought into this, we've bought into this lie. 
What God said the incorruptible seed will produce, it will produce, it will produce the image, it will produce the likeness of the one that planted it. But see, the big lie, the natural process, which we have come through because of our religious culture and the natural world that we live in, they have joined us to this big lie, and the lie is that we are separated from source, that you are not entangled with source. That's the big lie. And our, our behavior culture taught us what our identity is. Teachers told you, look, you're not, you're not going to be a doctor. You, you, you ain't got it to cut. You, you, you're just not going to make it. You're probably going to work doing this or that or the other. And so automatically, you said, that's what I am. I'm not... I don't get good grades. Why do you not get good grades? Because you said, I am a average student. I am a below average student. I will guarantee you that if you did the study, put the time in, I didn't. I'll, I'll readily admit I didn't. I did much better after high school than I did in high school and junior high. I didn't put the time in. And I, I, I had this mentality, well, I'm probably just average. You know, I'm an average guy. I got to college and I really got interested in what I was studying, and you know what? My grades shot up. I did well. My teachers probably never thought I'd graduate from college. I came from an area where people didn't go to college much. I think I'm the first one within my family group to have gone to college. It's not because others didn't have the potential. I know of, 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 of my siblings, there's only one other one that, that, that really went to college. All of them were smarter, way smarter than was needed. But they didn't probably, maybe, I don't know, the, their culture, their environment, I don't know what it was. Not that college is everything, that's for sure. As a matter of fact, I was, we had a new hot water heater put in yesterday and I was talking to the plumber, young guy, probably in his 40s. He's got three sons working with him. And we were talking about trades and he said, you know, he said, there are not a, enough young guys coming into the trades. And this guy makes a, I mean, he lives in a huge house. He's got a vacation home. It's, it's not that you can't make money. It's that we've looked at it in a different light. If, if God put, we need, we need kingdom plumbers. We need kingdom electricians. We need kingdom contractors. All of that fits kingdom. That's I, I amness. If that's the desire, if that's what's within you, glory be to Jesus, let the hallelujahs roll, then be what he put within you, the desire of your heart. That's what he placed in there. But we have bought this lie that we're separate from God that we're separate from source. And that's what that's what be behavior, to, uh, our, our culture taught us. Our, the confession of I am not is much more prevalent than I am. Listen to people, listen to people's speech. They've created this life that they live in by saying I am not. I am will share, shed the light of truth on that separateness. Spirit of truth is going to come in and shine the light of truth, exposing those lies that have limited us. <clears throat> wherever you're at, look me in the eye, wherever you're at today, I don't care how old you are. Most of you here aren't as old as I am. I'm declaring what I am. I'm just getting into the game, buddy. I'm, I'm not ready to hang it up. I'm just getting into the game. I am. I am. And I know what I am. Wherever you're at, I want you to begin to declare what it is that you want. I don't care if you're... 40, 30, 60, 70, 80. As long as you're taking up space and breathing air, you got a plan and a purpose, a blueprint that you were sent with. Change the conception you have of yourself. Change your I am. And I'm telling you, I guarantee I guarantee I guarantee you, you'll change your world. 
Change the conception. We place such low limits on the way we identify our I am. Be aware. Listen to yourself. Listen to the declarations that you make. The I am blank, and you fill in the blank. Whatever you say I am is a powerful tool of calling the whole creative process into flowing in your life. It's a, it's a, it's a power tool. If God would have never said, I am Jehovah Jireh, the provider, if he had never proclaimed that, he would not have revealed himself that way. See, we've talked so much in the digital cathedral about identity as divinity, living the Christ as us life. We've talked so much about as he is, so are we in this present world, that moving to I am is just a natural transition now. It's just a natural move from where we have been laying foundation now for a long, 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 long time. So when you have to go tackle the Egyptians, when you have to move the mountain of opposition and your heart melts and you say, I am not able, <laughs> I'm, I'm not capable of doing this thing. I am not adequate. That's where you need to step back. That's where you need to step back and remember there's only one I am. And he sent you. That was Moses' power. He said, go and tell him, I am that I am has sent you. And by saying, listen, as by saying, I am that I am has sent you, you're saying, I am sent. I am here as I am that I am. You recall your authentic identity. You recall your, the incorruptible seed that's placed within you. When you're standing before the mountain, that's not the time to say, I am not. When you're standing before the Egyptians, before Pharaoh, before the, that's not the time. That's the time you call back on everything that you've learned, all that has been planted within you. And you begin to know that I am. And I would encourage you before time, that's when you begin to declare it. And as you align your I am with his, and you say, the I am that I am has sent me. Therefore, I am enough. Have you got it? All right. I would encourage you to go back and listen to this a time or two because we're going to keep building on this. And come July, man, we're going to hit another shift. But I want to begin to get this I am that I am into your life so that you can proclaim I am as well. All right. God bless you. We'll talk a little bit more about it Wednesday night. See you back next Sunday morning. Same time, Digital Cathedral. God bless you and have a great week. Thank you for sharing this on your wall or your group means a lot.